The way that I was raised was very much, um, it was works-based. And, you know, nothing, there was no, like, white light or just very uncomfortable baptism clothes. It was really, really exciting. But I'm like, all right, well, better try not to screw up now. I had those dark years, made those bad choices, and realized, okay, that's not working for me. So I have this structure that looks like it's working for other people, so I'm going to give it a try. About religion to me, not about spirituality or relationship with God. It was about what religion somebody is. There was something that said to me, how can this lady who has bruises on her face and bruises on her heart and her soul, how can she text me Bible verses? And how can she believe in this God who loves her and she believes he will deliver her from this when she's going through that and yet she's got this strong faith to send me Bible verses. I knew that like there was a calling from God. And yet I was still, you know, I was I was still attending church most of the time. I mean when I, I lived I lived at home different periods. I had, you know, my own place one time with a guy that I met at IHOP. Don't ever don't ever do that. And I remember feeling guilty for, you know, where I was. And I remember we were singing the song, Created Me. Um, and I just remember, like, bawling. I, did, I never, I don't know that I ever saw God pursuing me. Unless it was pursuing me to, you know, tell me that I was screwing up. Um, so when I made that, you know, just that weird moment, we were just singing, you know, Created Me a Clean Heart, Cast Me Not Away from Your Presence. And I just remember feeling like everything was going to be okay, even though I was still terrified, in a sense. All right, guys, welcome to Walking Closer Podcast, episode 55, titled False Barriers, Discovery, and God's Love, part two. You just heard excerpts from episode 54, which was part one of my conversation with Nate and Kate Smith, and I hope you enjoyed the conclusion of our conversation. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's so unique. This, this this is why I want to have this conversation because, Kate, so much about so many different things that you've said, I'm telling you, mirror so much of my own understanding growing up, which also reflects the difference between, you know, Nate, your upbringing and more of what I would consider mainstream conservative bent church and where I was is very legalistic, fundamental, conservative, but I didn't know anything else. I mean, that just it just was right. Kate, you talked about you know the cross and the very explanations you gave were the very ones. I'm telling you, wow. it's almost at this. I know there's lots of more differences between what I grew up with and you know when you dive into the Mormon faith, but um, just based off what we've talked about here. Uh, if you knew nothing else, you would think the only difference between my upbringing and an ultra conservative Southern Louisiana, you know, church, Church of Christ specifically, and the Mormon Church was, uh, you know, the Book, the of, Book Mormon. of Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah. this is fascinating here. But with Nate, what it's interesting about your upbringing is there's this component of love, and I, I think that, and I'm not a psychologist. I like to try to pretend I'm one sometimes. <laughs> but we all do that. I, I, I wonder how much, you know, because that's the environment. My wife grew up 
uh, somewhat at Saturn Road as well. Um, I think we're friends with your sister, one of them. Her her sister was friends with my sister, yeah. but this concept of love, and I'm pretty sure that some of that has to do with your, your, your home life, your family life. You know, your mom, mom and dad are really sweet people, great people. But this idea of love and the power of that, how it has to affect, uh, the power that it has to affect us and shape us, where, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, you struggle with some of the things, maybe the images that you would see or presented of God in the Old Testament, but that didn't overshadow the idea that you knew that God loved you. Right. And even in this instance that you just, you know, replayed for us, you're, even though, you, you know, you're the one who took the action here and wasn't really God pursuing you as far as, as, as you saw it anyway, um, you still knew that God loved you. And regardless of what was going on, everything would be okay. The, the amount of time and energy and mental um, fortitude that people have to exert and have sometimes to get to that point where they're like, I am so screwed up. Things are so screwed up, but they're going to be okay anyway. Like that, that is not an easy thing for a lot of people to get there. And yet I think that that is evident of your upbringing, you know, and the relationship building and the community that you had, um, that allowed you to stand there with tears in your eyes thinking it's going to be okay. Well, I had you know? a, I mean, I had a picture of love and some people, yeah. I mean, See? if you, if you grew up in an abusive home or, you know, on the streets or you're an orphan or you just move, you know, you don't even have a, a, a baseline. Yeah. yeah. So while I didn't know why well, there was a lot of things I still had to work through, you know, doctrinally that didn't, I, I would come later to find, and if we, you know, I don't know if we're going to get to where we're at today, but if we do, while well, later find, you know, didn't make sense and I've changed a lot. There's, there was still this very core belief that, and that was instilled despite some of the, you know, conservative, obviously not as conservative as, as you guys, but despite some of the conservative, very at least legalistic to me and not, you know, when I, when I hear about <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were already condemned. Apparently <laughs> I didn't realize that, but, uh, despite all those things, you know, there was, it just, it really shows you the power of, of community and the power of, mm-hmm. of relationship mm-hmm. yeah. with family and why those things are so important. Yeah. Not that you can't, you know, there's beautiful stories of people that have not had those that have been just fine sure. and God works in different scenarios in those, in those folks lives. But it, it was a, I mean, I've always felt very blessed. Yeah. Like even, I mean, my dad, you know, we, we used to butt heads to talked about and he, he, he always, you know, it, it, it has bothered him to this day. Like he's felt bad about that. And it's never once bothered me. Like I, yeah. I've never yeah. looked at him differently because mm-hmm. I knew, I knew he loved me. Yeah. Yeah. And I always knew that because we laughed together. I mean, even we, we'd be so mad at each other. Like, and I, you know, you, you do the ear thing where you get your ear grabbed and like all the things parents do <laughs> that they may regret. I'll probably do that at some point. Mine Hopefully did that. Not. We're probably both going to do that. Yeah. I, I'm going <laughs> to try not to, but you never, you know, I'll you never warn know. the kid. I'll warn the kid. <laughs> but I never, because there was a foundation of, of love and relationship in my, in my home, I think I was able to, even though I didn't understand you know, why God, why did God strike down Uzzer or why did, 
you know, why did they kill everyone in, in Jericho? Or at least that's what the scripture says, whether, you know, or what is this hell about? Like I had this trust that maybe I'm wrong about this, or maybe there's more to it. I always knew there was more to it actually, but I knew because I had seen what love looked like. And I don't, I'm, I'm saying this now that I wasn't thinking this at the time, but subconsciously, I think that's why I always was able to know something good is happening, whether I understand it fully or not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So man, I just, I just think that, that your that part of your story really reflects the power of, of love and which, which is coming forth as a result of the community, I think, but even within the confines of, I guess it really doesn't matter the structure really in some degree, you know, like, um, because you guys would have been considered from my, my perspective, uh, at least people who helped mold and shape to me, probably progressive. I mean, if you were a church over 200, you were probably liberal. That's probably, you know, how else do you get that many people in a building? You know, you gotta be doing something wrong, right? Like the irony of all that. But anyways, um, but it doesn't, you know, the power of love, um, I, I just, it just always, I don't know, for me, it just always seems to shine through, um, you know, and it has, it has through just your, your, your personality, your character and, and how you deal with people, uh, specifically as, as I've seen people who disagree with you or, you know, I mean, I see it shining through. I think, I think, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, so now we're at this point in our lives where, you know, the past is the past. You are who you are because of your experiences and specifically up to this point, that point, you know, in your, your 20s and so forth. Um, you know, Kate, you're, you're, you're moving on. You're moving on. So right. let's talk about, you know, this, this, you know, God's got your attention and, you know, you're, 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 you're about to go, go all in. So let's talk about that transition, what happened and how that affected your image of God and even talk about, you know, what's this mental visualization of God you have today? Yeah. So not long after the Southern Baptist pastor told me I needed to have a, he wanted to teach me about having a relationship with God. By the way, I just had this memory of him. He was a funny guy. He had a, one time he was preaching and one of his, his front teeth fell out when he was preaching. <laughs> I mean, he was great. He was, he awesome. was just such Man, a character. He thought we had distractions at Dang. church. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, he was a great guy. Um, but he really helped me through the, you know, I thought that I had to formally leave the Mormon church and file paperwork and oh, yada, yada. Yeah, and, yeah. and I did all of that and they still sent people to my door and they actually called my parents in a different state. I was in my twenties. 100% independent, um, you know, paying my own bills, had my own place. And they called my parents and um, told them that I was trying to leave the Mormon church. So lots of mistrust. And I, I think on the theme of love, I felt like this pastor really, he demonstrated what God's love really looked like. And I think that was the first time I, I didn't know that at the time, but after hearing my husband speak through that and just knowing what a loving person he is, I think that's what I was experiencing when I was talking to that pastor. And so I I got saved not long after that. I was finally wrapping my head around that term. And um, I remember, you know, I literally kneeled down and said the prayer and 
then I kind of opened my eyes like, okay, the lights didn't flash and I'm still here. You know, lightning didn't go off. <laughs> Did I do it right? That was my thought because that was my upbringing. Did I do it right? Sure. And I called that one girlfriend I had and she said, just go to bed. It was nighttime. Go to bed. And when you wake up, you know, you'll feel different. And boy, did I feel different. I woke up wanting to shout from the rooftops mm. that I had just entered a relationship with God. Mm. And oh my gosh, I remember I was going on a road trip the next day for work. And I told the guy I was working with, my colleague, like, you've got to listen to what happened to me last night. And I told him all about it. And he, you know, I think he was less than interested. Um, but still, I just wanted to tell every single person I met that I had just uh, you know, I was starting to learn who God really was and the difference because I explained, I grew up knowing about God mm -hmm. and knowing about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But the difference was that my perspective had shifted to starting to understand that God is loving yeah. instead of God is, you know, waiting for you to say, did I do it right? Nope, you didn't. You're screwed <laughs> up, right? right? Yes. So... Um, the next couple of years, I mean, at that point I was just, I was all in and what that looked like for me was, uh, I actually, let's say, I think it was not long after that for some reason, I don't remember why, but I started going to a non-denominational church still in that town in Arizona. Um, I really don't remember why, but I, I think what that taught me is that, and what I've, you know, heard in conversation today and, um, what I've just thought over the years is if you are in a, a Bible teaching, I mean, telling the truth of the Bible and a loving church, it's okay. You don't have to be in, you don't, you don't have to be Baptist. You don't have to be, you know, Lutheran. Like we're all going to think we're all getting a piece sure. of it wrong. But if you know God and you're in the word and you're praying and you are like in communion with him constantly where you're walking down the hallway and you're thankful that you see someone or you're thankful that there's a roof over your head and you're in this constant communication with God, like it's okay. It doesn't matter if you go to a different church than someone, if it's a Bible teaching church. Um, and I think that started to paint the picture for me or, or started to shape, I should say, um, what the future looked like leading up to where I am now that, um, it's much more experiential and um, truth-based and feelings-based. And I don't, I know that feelings are not facts, you know, there's something sure, we experience, sure. but there is something very, um, very feelings-based about my relationship with God. And I think part of that is the gift of discernment um, to you know if I'm in a good situation or bad situation, you know, I feel sure. the Holy spirit saying this is okay, or this is not okay. You need to, you know, drive your car the other way or, um, and so now what, what God looks like to me is this, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a, like a physical description that I could give because it has just morphed into this yeah. feelings based. Like it is just what you could imagine love looking like. Mm -hmm. And that might look different for different people. But for me, that it's warm, it's bright, and it is so welcoming. And that's, that's God. And that's also what Jesus looks like to me. And the Holy Spirit is my companion. And they're three, you know, they're three in one and they're separate at the same time. And I think both things are right, um, depending on how you look at it. But um, 
Yeah, it's very, very experiential. And that has, because of that, I've been able to, not always easily, but able to transition from a non-denominational church that I was going to when Nate and I met. Um, And I kind of looked around Dallas for a bit, but found a place that some would say is is quite charismatic. Um, But that just worked for me because I want to throw my hands in the air and clap my hands and get on my knees or get on my face in praise and in worship because that is when I do those things, I am like living in the moment, praising God or seeking God. Um, and then, you know, able to transition to, to a church of Christ church, which was very different. Sure. It actually yeah. reminded me a lot of how I was raised, right. though it's considerably different, you know, sure, but, sure. um, you know, I struggled with that in a bit because I had a couple flashbacks like, Oh, you can't do this and sure. you can't do that. Yeah. And, yeah. um, instead triggers of triggers there for sure. Right? Yeah. 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 Triggers. That's like the best way to say it. Um, so now as I mentioned, experiential and just full of love and light. And I now try to see that in other people too. And, um, you know, I was, I was telling Nate the other day that when I was growing up, I remember, I had this nickname in my family of Miss Prickly because I didn't want to be touched. Like I'd always pull away if I, you know, and I had a, I have to say I had a very loving home, loving family. Um, but anytime, you know, any one of my brothers or sisters or parents would try to hug me or put their arm around me, I just would pull away. And I, you know, probably need to see a, a counselor again. Like I've been in counseling, but probably needs more counseling. Um, you don't do that to me. That's good. Well, that's my point is that because, because I, for, t- this is my 10th year, September 12th, this year will be my 10th, what I call my rebirth day. Okay. So I celebrate my rebirth day. Um, but 10 years ago, I started to learn more about love than I ever okay. had before. And my parents loved me. I know that. Sure. But God's sure. love is different. Damn. I swear. <laughs> it was 10 years ago that I come to Texas and that's when I begin to learn more about this idea. I had never, ever, I've told Nate and I have talked about this. Nate and I had a lot of great conversations. Um, I had, I had no clue. Like there was no image of God as love. It didn't comport with the idea of love to me because the image that was portrayed for me, painted for me, the image that I began to develop, love didn't have any place in that. And, I never, I don't remember ever, ever recall being taught about God's love other than, well, you know, he sent his son to die. I'm like, wow, that's not very loving. You know, like I have a hard time understanding and fitting that into this concept of love. And then um, I, I began to look at 1 Corinthians 13 from the perspective of love and God being love. And I thought, where has this been all my life? Like, I've never heard this. The first, sermon that I can recall, teaching I can recall in love is one I gave myself. Like, you know, and so anyway, I think it's, it's fascinating because 10 years ago, while this was happening to you, same stuff is happening to me. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, here we are, our, our paths crossed, right. right? First with Nate and I, and then... And then it's fascinating. I love I the way this I stuff know. works. See, this, is. this is an amazing window into this sacred space and how God moves and works and in him we live and move and have our very existence, right? So, mm-hmm. so okay, so I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but no, you're in this okay. place where, where, you know, because of your 
perspective on God um, being love. And if you would put, you know, words to it, you know, warmth and light and just embrace and so forth, it has actually had an effect on you in your relationships with people uh, in your Absolutely. outlook on life. Absolutely. Right. Especially with my family, because my family's still 100% Mormon. Sure. And, you know, I had a couple of years when I was first saved. I think, Adam, you mentioned it earlier where, um, you know, if you go, you get to this point in your life where you're like, wow, that was screwed up, you know, how you were raised. And I thought that and I had a lot of anger for a while that I was raised the wrong way. I was so mad at my parents for choosing this church that I thought was wrong. But, you know, over the years, I've gotten to the point where I realize, oh, God just loves us all and he wants a relationship with us all and he wants us to have a relationship with everyone so that we can, you know, you know, healthy people who are going to not hurt you so that we can teach them about God's love. If I sit down with someone I don't know at an IHOP, if I'm interviewing them to be a roommate of mine at IHOP, (laughs) then if I say, okay, tell me about the rules that you follow versus like, tell me about what God looks like to you. Yeah. Or tell me about, I mean, I, I don't know this would be an interview question. It'd be pretty direct, but like, what does God's love look like to you? Or what is your depiction of God? And if they start with love, then that's when you'll be in a better place than yeah. being like turning someone away by focusing on the rules. And so I have very close relationship with my parents, with my siblings, my, you know, my siblings in law and my nieces and nephews, because the, the bigger picture is not where you go to church on Sunday. Yeah. It's God's love. That's awesome. So, unfortunately, though, when I say unfortunately, you know, in this conversation, though, I mean, you are, you're married to this guy over here. Sorry about that. I'm I'm grateful for it. (laughs) Uh, He's a part of this journey, too, right? Um, Which, and his journey is completely different. I mean, I think the more, the only thing that Nate and I have in common is the fact that we're both males. And we both went to churches called Church of Christ. Um, I didn't grow up with a youth group. My church, I can remember maybe for a little time when I was younger, we might have. I remember, you know those boards they'd put up and they'd give you like the, the record of, of attendance and oh, the giving gosh. and all those yes. things? For our church, it would be on the left side and the right side was like the song numbers like that yeah. you're going to sing that day, right? It was your church standings, how you, so you knew how you were doing. Yes. Competing with exactly. the other churches. Exactly. <laughs> and they had record attendance up there and it was like 100 and like... I don't remember what it was. Three, hundred and three. It was something like that. You know, it was like <laughs> I think it's a little more, maybe one hundred twenty, maybe. I don't know. All I remember was, man, I wonder what it was like when they had that many people in here, right? Um, I mean, and it was a pretty small church building itself. Um, their backgrounds um, are so different, especially in. And upbringing and so forth, and that's that's not a shot against anything. I mean, there's as I've said before in previous podcasts, it's not about a right or wrong perspective here. It just is, you know. When you ask, uh, you know, a grown man what it was like to be, you know, ten years old, they're going to give the perspective from a ten year old, and then maybe add in some things that now they understand after the fact, you know, factors that they weren't they were oblivious to, you know, during the time. So it's not a right or wrong thing here. This is not about taking shots at anybody or anything, any upbringing, right? Any people, right. Um, 
because that's what love does. Love says, you know what? People are doing the best. They did the best they could with what they had, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really what helped me uh, get to where I am today and understanding, you know, things that have happened in the past uh, with me, with, with lots of different people in lots of different situations. And I would hope that people would do the same for me as well, right? Mm-hmm. But Nate, your your journey, you know, you lived in a little love bubble. So uh, help. <laughs> that's how he got me, by the way. That's right. <laughs> No, uh, but but you did have a a unique perspective in comparison to you know, uh, and, and to Kate's especially, um, and, and myself. But this is about you two. So, you know, you got to that point where you're like, okay, everything's gonna be okay. Let's talk about how things continue to evolve for you and where you are now and what that mental visualization of God is. It's interesting because I, and I, I told you earlier that I've always been one that you know, wants to know things, you know, just, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to compete with you on size of library, but what you're are, still beating me. What are you on but, the Enneagram? Have you taken that? No, I, I want to, That'd be interesting. I, I need think to take five. it. I'm a five. But we're, we, I, we have some of those things in common. I don't know. I, I bought the book and I need to read it amongst the, I keep buying books. We have yeah, that same problem, yeah, you and yeah, I. Yeah. Um, Tons of things to learn. You'll never get to learn all you're of never, them. Yeah. You can at least have them for in case you get the chance. But it looks good. Yeah, you know, well, that's the know. important thing. <laughs> um, I guess for me, the more I, the more I, the more I read, strangely, the more I read other books besides the Bible, and this is not to diminish the Bible by any stretch of the imagination, but getting other perspectives uh, experiencing, you know, going to a other, another church that wasn't church of Christ and, you know, hearing instrumental music, which I've always liked instrumental music. It just wasn't Christian instrumental. Well, actually that's not true. We had a lot of great Christian bands growing up that we listened to in the church of Christ, like, uh, you know, jars of clay, DC talk, audio adrenaline. Uh, I can, I'm missing some, but just they can never transition into the service into mm-hmm. the sacred service time for whatever reason. So I remember early on, you know, when I, I went to a Baptist church growing up for, a, we had some family that's Baptist and, you know, they had the piano and it was just, I was conditioned to think that was weird. And then people clapped after that. And I'm like, well, they're giving that person attention and it should be about God. Mm. So there was, there was still some conditioning that was going on for sure. Yeah. So I was kind of conservative guys. I mean, goodness. Yeah. I feel that. I Uh, feel it. Yeah. Not as liberal as I thought. Yeah. (laughs) But well, and I wasn't even told, you know, it wasn't like I was told that my, my parents never had that conversation. Like, right. I don't think my mom would have probably struggled with it a little bit, but we could have had instruments early on and my dad probably would have figured a way to be okay with it. Be okay with it. Yeah. yeah. But so I, you know, went to a church called watermark in Dallas, big old bit. I mean, makes all of our churches look very small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their own universe. They are. And they do a lot of things interestingly and really well in a lot sure. of areas. And mm-hmm. I got exposed to some, you know, uh, Shane and Shane, which we talked yeah. about one of my favorite yeah. worship, yeah. I guess bands, but really more of a duo. And just experiencing the you know, the the quote worship time together, the service time in a different way, and, and just getting involved in different music and hearing hearing other perspectives and things I'd read about and and right now you know I I can't I can't put it into a, a very concise 
really timeline, but just through those avenues of, of pursuing knowledge and reading and learning, you know, um, Dallas Willard has always been a, has been a huge, um, person in my life who he passed away in 2013, but I, I've listened to him so much and obviously you're familiar with him, Adam, but I feel like I know him, you know, yeah, yeah. uh, he's been someone that's been very influential in my life and just seeing it's taking that concept of love and seeing, okay, if, if that's true, what does that actually mean for all these other, you know, pillars that we've erected, whether it be in the Mormon church or super, super conservative church of Christ or how I grew up. And a lot of them have begun to fall very rapidly. And for a long period of time, actually, I mean, this has been going on for the last, you know, five, six years or more. But I, in terms of God, I think I still see God more through the lens of Jesus, which is intentional, but I'm beginning to see like what, so it, and I think this is just part of the, 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 the wonder of the Trinity is that the more you think about it, it's like when you lose a, you you lose a memory or a thought and the more you think about it, the harder it is to recover it. So the more you think about it, the harder it is to, to grasp and yet you should continue to try. So like the person of the Godhead, when I think of God, I think, and I do, I I think of him in, in the, in the male persona, just mainly maybe because I'm male, maybe because it ties referenced. Um, I have no problem. I mean, I love the beauty of, of this non-gendered Trinity, which there's a lot of evidence to support that. But I see God as this, if you're looking at an actual visual, it's, it's a cosmic almost expanse. Like when I think of God and his, I think of his power a lot and I see like, you know, the big bang happening, that, that singularity, the beginning of, of space time exploding into existence and just the beauty of the pictures that we've seen thanks to like the Hubble telescope and, and just knowing that that God is also the God that created this very tiny blue planet and in, in its perfection and in its finely tuned nature. And the fact that so far we're the only life in the universe and how amazing that is. So I, I, I see those things. And then what I've tried to start doing, I've had a lot of other influencers and whatnot, but but if you if you were to pin me down and say, what does God look like? Without being too aloof and almost uh, casual, I would I would have to say everything. Because I start to see, I, I'm trying to start to see God in all situations and in all people of all races and ethnicities. Now, even in the, even in the ugliness, I mean, if we're made in his image, which that's what it says, then there has to be that image imprinted everywhere. So I, I've been really trying to focus on just seeing, finding, finding God in all this and all the little interactions in life. And what's interesting is, you know, my my relationship with God it's hard to to find right now cuz like for what I, and I'll just being transparent like I don't I don't pray that often right now and I don't know why 
and I don't know if it's because I don't feel the need to, or it's almost like I'm I'm rewire. Maybe I'm in a rewiring stage where I'm like not ready to. You know, you do a lot of work on the engine of a car, but you can't start it the whole time until you got to get it to a, a, por- a certain part. And I've never really worked through why that is, but I'm con- always engaging thought and, and, and what God is like. And, and, and it's just ever expanding. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, I'm just kind of in a, I'm in a strange place, especially with church. Cause you know, we, we, for those that don't know me, I, I was the worship leader at North point for a long time. And now my wife and I are, are moving on elsewhere, but, and I, I don't even know if you and I've had this conversation, babe, but I don't really know where we're going to end up because I haven't right now. My relationship with church is interesting because I, I'm at a place where like you, okay, you could, you connect so much from a emotional level with God. And I have moments like that, but I'm, my emotional connection with God is more like through, through knowledge realized, if that makes sense. So it's hard for me to find a community that is on that plane. And not that I'm, it's not a, like, I'm not, it's not that I'm better than anybody else. It's just, that's just where I'm at. So I, I struggle with that. You know, that's why I appreciate you, Adam, just the conversations we're able to have and just to challenge myself. And I want to settle somewhere. I've got to land the plane at some point, but I, because it's such a, an evolution from where I grew up and it, it's always, you know, there's always been that trail of God is love kind of weaving through everything, but there's so much there that I, I don't know what to do with it, I sure, guess, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, you're going, it's, and it's only natural because you're going through a transition, and part of that is a reconstruction. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it is a different ball game. I don't know what it's like to just go to a church community and be. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't really either. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know what that's like. And on sabbatical recently, you know, I went to, we went to several different church communities and it was, it was, it was tough. It was, it was, it was a tough thing, but I do have a newfound appreciation for those who actually get up in the morning and, or at any time and go and participate and be involved and engaged in it. Uh, I also got a new perspective of what it's like, you know, um, and it's kind of me, it's, I mean, even, and it's, that's kind of what you're going to be going through. So you have this deconstruction, reconstruction, transitioning happening, you know, which is which is pretty neat considering where you guys are together. And so in wrapping this up here, you know, I wanted to have a conversation with both of you together because such different backgrounds, probably more similarities than, or there probably are similarities there that we haven't, you know, brought to the surface in this uh, conversation. But Specifically, your upbringing, um, your you know your your faith communities, the churches you grew up in, uh, they're different. And knowing parts of you guys' journeys, and then the fact that you guys you know journeys have not just crossed, but you're connected now. I would I would you know you have Kate, you're more experiential, and I, and I and Nate, you're more. Uh, you are more of an investigator. You are you're in, you get stuck in your head. You get up here, and I know that because I, that's that's me. 
But what's interesting is that, you know, part of being a healthy guy who gets stuck in his head is, for me at least, has been to realize, and I preach the fact that faith is meant to be experiential because what you're reading in this book is people's experiences of God, right? right. And so you have Kate who is experiential. And that's not just, I don't believe that's just because you're a female either. Um, that is a part of your makeup. And, and you know, um, uh, and then you have Nate, who is more of the investigator. He is knowledge-based. He gets really stuck. And he, there's always more. You said that earlier. There's always more. Man, we are identical with, with, with this stuff, which is probably why we get along so well. <laughs> um, that being said, so you're experiential and you're more of the investigator. How does that affect you guys's not just your relationship, um, but your journeys together and how and how you know you're seeing God together. Of course, you still have your own journey, but you're walking alongside literally with someone else now, right? How how does how does that how has that affected your relationship? And then how do you see yourself moving forward? Well, I can tell you right now, it's challenging because, and it's funny that you because I had had never seen it in that way you just painted it, but even with, you know, whether it be my job or, or, or anything, I'm always wanting to watch something or learn something or read something and which is good, but it does have the tendency to isolate me because we're different. And one of the things that we've been talking about and working on is being, is connecting more and, you know, she'll want to sit there and tell me about her whole day and, yeah. and how, and I, I'm not like that, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, how was your day? Oh, it was good. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. And I, and that may be, I mean, that, that that's probably some because of the differences between men and women, but it's also personality based and experience based. And, you know, if I, if I ever sit down and say, I got to tell you what happened today, then it's like, Something serious has happened. But so for me, you know, I, when, when she shares something with me, I want to get to the, the why, the how, here's my thought on that. Um, which is not always what she wants at that point. So that, that, that's challenging. But in general, I think, I think that we'll figure out and like, you know, we've only been married a year and a half, so we have a lot of figuring out to do still, but I think we'll figure out how to use both of those together eventually. But right now, and tell me if you disagree, it's been it's been a little bit of a struggle just to when we when we come together, even over dinner, and we try to have dinner together at least a couple nights a week because I'm I'm work late sometimes and whatnot, and we have a, a weekly date night that we try to adhere to unless one of us is exhausted, which happens. It could be either one of us, but um, the challenge is is to and that's where you know love comes in to her to try to identify with me what I'm interested in but me to also be willing to step into her experiences and I I think it's equally hard for both of us because sometimes I'll hey you check this out and it just just doesn't register with her <laughs> and she's like oh you, did you hear what I said this is this is a big thing I'm like oh yeah yeah of course it was <laughs> right on babe good job and uh so it's interesting, but tell, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we're obviously so different. We're, we both, our minds went to entirely different places with the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. So uh, just case in point, I think you said all of that very well and, and painted a good picture on, 
uh, on that side of the response, my mind goes to the spiritual connection. And it has been a challenge for us, probably mostly so, not because of our backgrounds and upbringings, but because when someone is involved on a church staff, it's very difficult to just, as you just said, yeah. just go to church. Yeah. Like drive together, mm-hmm. sit together, mm-hmm. be able to hold hands during the service. I mm-hmm. mean, some churches might disapprove of that, but <laughs> um, and then leave we were together. We a dating service. Yeah, here, I know exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other side of it, there is a piece from my background that has posed, you know, a bit of a of an expectation challenge for me because my parents, they wake up together and they go for, you know, a couple miles walk every single day together. They have breakfast together. They read the Bible or the book of Mormon together. And then, um, you know, now they're, they're older. My dad is still working, but they spend some time apart during the day because they have different hobbies, but some time together. Dinner was always at five o'clock, very traditional. And our schedules and our lives, because we are two different people have, you know, we're living in a different generation. We have different personalities, our schedules are all are all over the place, and um, we both together don't work like my parents did, right? And that's okay. That's normal. But that's been a challenge for me because I think I have, um, I'm learning, I should say, that I can't expect to have that same relationship they did where, you know, we have a family prayer together every single night. And, and I would love to get to that point. I'm currently just about five months pregnant. So I think this has caused us to be thinking about these topics and have some conversations about them, about how we want to be parents and what type of environment we want to foster for our children. So I think we are on the cusp of change. Yeah. Um, I think we are now that Nate is not working at a church and we will, you know, eventually find something, find a church where we can go together. I think that will allow us to sit into more routines that, I need my personality sure, needs sure. and uh, not that it's about me for sure. Um, but yeah, I think we'll just, we'll get there. We're in that transition phase for sure. But as we start to have our kids, um, I think we're just going to be forced to look at it and make decisions and sure, yeah. um, hopefully stick with them. Yeah. My personality needs routines also. It just doesn't want them. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the true. that's yeah. a problem yeah. that I'm trying to work on. <laughs> that's why I'm your helpmate. I know. <laughs> well, the one the one thing, the one word that I would say that connects both of you guys and both of your stories, and then both the, you know, uh, what you have now moving forward is is love. You know, if that's if that's the the source, if that's the foundation, if that's the root. You know, it doesn't matter. And that's really that's really what this is all about. It's everything from your image of God to the situations you find yourself in. You know, you see God as love, um, and when you truly see God as love, regardless of the mental visualization you have, um, you can stand there knowing no matter what things are going to be okay, even though you don't know how. Right? Mm-hmm. Even even if it even if your experiences aren't the best in the moment or uh, in the past, or maybe you have a hard time seeing how the future is going to work out. Um, you know, as long as there's love, you know that everything's gonna be okay. And in reality, that's the only thing that gives you that experience, that feeling, right? That, right. that knowing and that understanding. So I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful for the opportunity to share my story yeah. and 
um, you know, it's my salvation story and as well as just the journey of life. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will say, you know, they connect with that piece or that piece for the both of us, for Nate and myself and, and Adam with you too. And so I think the big picture for me is, is love. And you, I don't mean to just reiterate mm-hmm. what you said a sure. moment ago, but it doesn't matter where someone goes to church. It doesn't matter what they look like, what mm-hmm. they've been through. I mean, they're a child of God. And if he loves them, by all means, we can love them yeah. too. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think that sums it up. That sums it up. <laughs> yeah. That's a good answer. A good that was answer. a good answer. Well, thank you guys for you know coming into my hermitage. And, uh, and, uh, you know, just really giving us an open window into, uh, the sacred space that you guys have together. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks for, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, that's going to do it. my conversation with Nate and Kate Smith. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've enjoyed all of the Uh, episodes where I've sat down with other people and had these same conversations. Uh, I have a few more lined up. Next week, we're going to sit down with Curtis Thornburg, and he's a good friend of mine. He has an intriguing and very interesting story, Uh, so be looking forward to that. And with that being said, if you would like to have this conversation, the same conversation with me, either just simply to benefit you, or if you would like to get your story out there and you want to be on the podcast, let me know. Drop me a line, adam at walkingcloser.com. Find me on Facebook and uh, shoot me a message and uh, we'll make it happen. So again, if you would like to have the same conversation, uh, either to be on the podcast or if you just simply would like to work through some things, let me know and let's see what we can do. Uh, with that being said, this concludes this episode and join me next time as we continue to explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.